Hey there, and welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name's Hank. I'm the digital pastor here at the Foundry Church. And before we get started, I wanted to take a quick second and just say thank you for tuning in to our podcast this week. We just want to let you know this, that no matter where you are, whether you're in our church community and attend regularly here in Central Florida, maybe you're checking us out for the first time, thinking about maybe coming and attending, or maybe you're somewhere else entirely in the world. No matter where it is that you're listening in from, we're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you're not a part of our community regularly, then here's what we believe. We believe in a better you and a better world. We believe all that happens through Jesus. and We love the journey that he has you on. We love your questions and we love your stories. So we would love to get a chance to get to know you better as a result of being a part of our podcast family. We've got an awesome series going on right now called I Spy. This is a series that's a little bit different for us where we get a chance to co-teach with some of our other staff members and volunteers and pastors that you don't get to hear from quite as much. Uh, We're going to be looking at some pictures and videos and stories from their everyday life and looking for the truth that God has for us in those moments. It's going to be very practical, very real, and very exciting as we explore some of these concepts and topics together. We can't wait to bring you along with us on this awesome series and this awesome journey. So we're going to go ahead and hand it off to our preaching team now. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this message. Settle down. Hey, I'm glad that you're here. Welcome to the Foundry. My name is Seth. This is the luxurious. Yeah. The esteemed mm-hmm. Mitchell Tyrese Dome. Uh, he's going to be helping me out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the Foundry where we are all about a better you and a better world. So today is an exciting day. Uh, we have our block party thing that we're doing. So we've got live music and hamburgers and hot dogs and veggie burgers and bounce houses for kids and stuff. So if you're new here or you haven't been here in a while and you're looking to meet some old friends or whatever, this is a great day to do it. We'll be hanging out uh, out there somewhere. You saw maybe Mitchell and them walking around earlier. So it'll become fun. Just come hang out, enjoy the music and some food. It'll be good times. Also, today we begin a new series, which is called I Spy, Discovering God in the Everyday, which is why Mitchell is here. I'll get to him in a minute. I know he's really excited, but I have to like do a little bit of setup. So the the whole purpose of this series that we're doing is a couple months ago, I said to our staff, let's do something different. And so I said to them, like, I want you to keep an eye out over the next couple weeks for like any place that you get a glimpse of God, any place that you experience the divine or stumble across something that speaks to you in some way, shape, or form. And when you see that, take a picture of it and then bring it in and we'll work on making a sermon, making it into a sermon. And so that's what they've been doing. And so uh, I think it's gonna be this really cool sort of thing where we get to, each week we're gonna have somebody different and they're gonna explain to us their picture and how it is that it spoke to them and what God is doing through that. And then I'm gonna talk a little bit more about it. And so to see everybody's different uh, like experiences about how they understand and relate to God, I think it's gonna be a cool thing to see the different perspectives from where they're coming from. And the whole idea behind this is that the whole world is saturated in the presence and the lessons of God. And so because of this, This series is about us learning to wake up to and tune into the presence, the truth, the wisdom of God that is always all around us. And in Ephesians, Paul uh, says this, Ephesians chapter four, verse six, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. One God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and through all, right? Like there's nowhere that God isn't. And what I've noticed is that like, 
when it comes to, especially with Christian people, like, we like to label things and draw lines. Like, this is holy, this is unholy, this is sacred, this is unsacred, this is sacred, this is secular. And, and I understand the idea of wanting to label some things as sacred and holy, and I get that. And, there, and there's merit to that to a degree. But the problem is, is that when you get into the business of labeling everything as sacred and unsacred, is that you label something sacred. You have a sacred day, a sacred place, a sacred time. You go to church on Sundays, and that's the sacred moment. But then you have like the rest of the week, and then that's like just another thing and just another day. And the problem is, is that we have the potential to miss out on this God who is continually in front of us. And if we are continually missing out on the God who is continually in front of us, it's easy to come to the place of not seeing really anything as having much value or coming to this place of boredom or apathy or indifference at this gift of life that we have been given. You see, but when you come to understand that there's nowhere that God isn't, that God is overall, in all, and through all, then it helps you to realize and understand like what the psalmist says, like each day is a gift. Psalms 118, 24 says this, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. When you come to see that each day is a gift, and not only that each day is a gift, but then when you understand this, it becomes like my task, my role, my job each day is to find the good and the true and the beauty that is all around us. Because the truth is, we live in a world where it's easy to be cynical. It's easy to be um, <clears throat> jaded. It's easy to write people and things off. There are plenty of things to get upset and irritated about, but there is no life and there is no joy in that mentality. Right, like anyone can do that. That's not a difficult thing to be upset and only see the bad. I don't want to be like everyone else and I don't want for us as a body to be like everyone else. I want for us to be a people who are willing to do the difficult but exhilarating work of seeing the gift of life that we have each and every day. I want us to be a people who discover the beauty and the wonder of God in the common to find the divine in the everyday. And so that's what this series is all about. So today, our first guest, Mr. Mitchell James Dome, is here to talk about something that he has seen, and he's gonna explain it, and then I may ask a few questions, but he's gonna explain this picture and then tell us a little bit about it. So if yeah. you would, a big round of applause for Mitchell. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Here you go. I mean. You have five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. To stop that, you'll be fine. Uh, this kind of feels like when you're doing a school project yeah. and you like just did a little bit and you're like, yep, names on it though. So I just get to be up here. This is really cool. I've never like been on the same stage with you, so this is fun. Well, yeah. This is a big moment for me. It's a real honor for me too. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the, this is the back deck uh, of my house, and, and I chose an old picture of it uh, for a couple reasons because this was a, a really really fun point. Because this is like less than maybe maybe a week after we bought our house, so two or three days. Uh, and one of the first things that I did was put a deck on the back, uh, which might seem odd, <laughs> uh, because there's a story behind it, of course. Uh, I, I was primarily raised by my father. I was very lucky. I have a great father. Um, and that, I mean, greatly informs how I, I view God, which is probably why this picture is the what we're talking about. Um, but when my father, you know, and I got to tell him, dad, I'm, I'm buying a house. And like, we put the bid on it and we got it and we got the keys. I was so adamant. 
dad, you need to come up, dad, you need to come up, dad, you need to come up. And it was really motivated out of kind of that sense of like, dad, look at what I've done. Like, hey, hey, look, at, look, look, look at what I've done, look at what I've done. Um, but the entire, and my father, he's a uh, contractor, so his, in his, everything he does is building and all this stuff. So his response to finding out I got a house was, well, what do you want me to do? Well, what, what am I going to do? Well, what am I going to come up there? And I'm like, Dad, no, like, I'm not, I don't want you to come up because I want you to work in my house. I want you to come up just to, like, enjoy it. Like, just look at what I've done. Um, but the entire time, my father was, he was adamant. Like, well, what do we want me to do while we're up there? Well, I'm going to be up there a couple days. I could probably get a little something done. So I landed on this deck um, and doing this, and, and it took a, a change of my mind and my, like, I guess mindset of when we were doing it. Because when it first started, I was a little bit more, like, teenage angsty like oh fine my house isn't good enough I guess I'll put a deck on it yeah, I'll make it good you know like this and that and then you get halfway through it and you realize like oh no this is really cool like I'm doing this thing with my father but as it's gone on and as I've been able to spend because this is where I spend most of my mornings is coming out in this deck um, it, it became this huge metaphor for my life um, and not just like my father earthly father but heavenly father God the universe everything um, that I, I'm constantly working so hard to strive for something and thinking I can accomplish my own happiness. Like if I could just get, you know, look, 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 look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. Um, but there's this just much more richer, like, blessings of life if I just open my hand up and go, well, what do you have for me? And, you know, allowing my father to do that for me, you know, and not trying to fight him back by saying, no, I, I did this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's okay. So... <laughs> So um, last week we talked about Jesus and the trees, and then your wife talked to me about how there's a big tree that's here. Um, what happened to that tree? I Mitchell? cut that tree down. You, you cut the tree down. I did. So yeah. You're like the opposite of Jesus and the well, trees. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what that would be. So, I don't either. So when you got on your deck in, this mo uh, in the mornings, yes. you're reminded of what? I, I just the blessing, I guess. I'm reminded of the love my father has for me that he not only wants to come up and, and, and like my father, don't get me wrong, was very kind about the house and like was like very proud of me, always tells me he's proud of me. So this isn't like a weird, like he holds, you know, something from me, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I guess just in, in learning to let people still, still receive, still let him bless me with things, even though I'm an adult. Like, mm -hmm. even though I feel like I strive and I'm earning all my stuff, but going, no. So when I, when I sit on this, I guess it's just thankfulness, mm -hmm. thankful to my father, that the love he has for me, but then also all of it, because it becomes a really cool moment. I'm, I'm, I'm old now, if you can't tell. Uh, so I wake up <laughs> at like six. So I'm up every morning, and right now, especially with the sunrise, I'm, I'm up with the sunrise. So I sit on my back porch and watch the sunrise, um, which it, it becomes, once again, this huge, huge reminder of not only the blessings that I'm physically sitting on, but like the sun coming up each and every day being, you know, renewed, like the blessing of God that we're just here. And mm -hmm. like I said, I, I just get very, I'm like, I'm thankful that I'm here, you know? Cool. 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 All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey. I appreciate it. Let's move this over here. <laughs> yep. Good job, Mitchell. You didn't uh, go too much over your time, so I appreciate that. So I think what, when, when he was explaining this to me and showing me, like, this is what I think I want to do, the thing that stood out to me that I found, like, is, is the thing, is this idea of independence versus dependence, right? We live in a culture that's so very highly independent. Like, on a, on a personal level as individuals, we're always striving, we're always clinging to, like, 
prove ourselves, right? Think about some of the stuff that you heard him say, like, well, I just wanted my dad to come up and just be. Look at what I've done. I've bought my first house. I've accomplished something, right? Be proud of your son, looking for this sense of accomplishment. And, and that's, that's an okay thing. That's a fine thing. That, that's a good feeling, this sense of independence. Look at what I've done. But like, when you live in a culture that that's like the primary thing, I think it causes some issues. Uh, like when it comes to raising our kids, the, the goal is what? Is, independ <clears throat> is independence. I want to raise my kids in such a way that they can do things on their own. I, I want them to be independent, strong uh, human beings. I want them to have good jobs and to make money to some degree, like so that they can provide for themselves and for their families. I don't want them living at home at 50, right? I, I want to be living at their homes when they're 50. I want them to be taking care of me. So like do something like with your life, do something that matters, do something that you have a dream to do, like be independent. Uh, we have this high level of independence. Um, when it comes to like being a, a dude, right? I can't speak for the ladies here, but when it comes to being a dude, a lot of my dudeness is found in what I can do on my own. It's found in my independence, right? I, even I noticed when I talk when I was this week, like a lot of the things I say, the thing underneath what I'm saying that I'm actually saying is normally pointing to something that has to do with look at what I've done. Look at, look at what I did, look at what I've accomplished. I am man, I am strong, I am independent, I can do things on my own, I don't need help, right? We have this high value of independence. On a societal level, we, we have this high value of independence. We have a whole day set aside in about a month from now where we collectively celebrate our independence as a country. That's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> we, we love underdog stories. We love rags to riches stories. We love entrepreneurship. We love pioneers. We love phrases like, I built this from scratch or I built this with my own two hands. We love the idea of independence. We love, we love phrases like, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, right? We, we love this idea, because it all speaks to this idea of being able to do things on our own, like standing on our own two feet. We have, find value in this independence. We, loved, we love the idea of independence so much that that phrase, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, do you know where, like, where that comes from? It's actually believed to originate uh, in the late 1800s in a physics school book. And it was used as an example, like according to the laws of physics, as here's something that's literally impossible for you to do, which is to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It was an example of something that you cannot do. And we love independence so much that we took that phrase that was a phrase about literally something that you can't do and we've turned it into, well, if you have enough guts and fortitude, you can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and accomplish this thing, right? We love independence, and, and, and there's a lot of good that comes from independence. I'm not, I'm not I, I understand that. But there's one little problem when independence and doing things on your own is your highest value. And that one little problem is that you, we, us as human beings, we are contingent beings, which means that we are dependent upon things beyond ourselves in order to sustain our lives, right? We are dependent beings. There's no such thing as true independence. We're dependent creatures. Uh, this is the way God created things to work. If you remember last week, we talked about Jesus and the trees, and we talked about how something like the trees we are entirely dependent upon, that we cannot live or survive without them because they are creating the oxygen that actually provides us the ability to live. We cannot live without them. 
Same thing, we need the rain to water our plants, to grow the plants so that we can breathe, to grow the plants so that we can eat. We are dependent beings. When it comes to, to, to like the, continue of the continuation of the human race, we are dependent upon each other. Man needs woman, woman needs man to produce offspring, therefore the, the human race can continue to expand, the species can continue. In our society, we are dependent upon each other to create civilization. If everybody is a doctor, you will have nobody growing food. And if everybody is a farmer, you will have no one building houses. And if everybody is a builder, you have nobody serving ice cream. And can you call yourself a civilization if you don't have ice cream? Do you see? We're all dependent upon each other. In fact, I found this interesting um, illustration this past week about the idea of connection and dependency and relationship. and it involves a piece of paper. I thought this was fascinating, so I'm gonna try to get this right and see if you can stay with me, because it's kind of neat. Um, and the idea is, like, what do you see when you look at this, right? You see maybe a white rectangle, you see a piece of paper, you see something very simple, fairly ordinary, very insignificant, but yet in this thin sheet of paper exists, like, everything else. Seems crazy, right? Stay with me. So if you look close enough at this, what you will see in this sheet of paper is like the clouds. Because without a cloud, you have no rain. Without a rain, without the rain, you have no tree. And without the tree, you have no paper. So if the cloud does not exist, then this paper does not exist either. Or if you look even closer, you can see something like the sun. You have to have the sun that helps the forest to grow. Without the sun, you do not have the forest. Without the forest, you do not have the trees. Without the trees, you do not have the paper. If you look even closer, you can begin to see things like the logger who cut the tree down. The logger who cut the tree, you can see the the workers at the mill where the tree was transformed into the paper. If you look even closer, you can see the farmer who grows the wheat of the field, the wheat that becomes the bread to sustain the logger, to do the job that allows for this to exist. If you go even farther, if you look even closer, you can see the mother and the father of the logger, who if they do not exist, he does not exist, who does not cut the tree. You see, and you can keep going and going and going, but if you take any one of these things out of the equation, the paper, or the the sun, the rain, the logger, the farmer, the wheat, if you take any of this out of the equation, then this can no longer exist. The sheet of paper is because everything else is, right? And you could take this and expand further and further and further. There's no such thing as true independence because everything is connected. Everything is dependent upon something else. Everything is dependent upon something beyond itself for its survival and its existence. You cannot exist alone or on your own. And as hard as you try, you cannot be an island unto yourself. The universe is a relationship of relationships, It's relationship that sits at the heart of all that is, which if you give any merit to the story of creation, you see that at the very beginning. Because what do you see? You have this divine being that is three, that is one, this divine being that is love that begins to create, this divine being that is the original community, that is the original relationship, and it's out of this original relationship of love that all things have been brought into existence. So from the very beginning, we see connection, relationship. We see the idea of interdependence. We see that everything is dependent upon everything else. In the beginning, dependency isn't considered to be a weakness. Dependence is the mode of operation 
that God established for all that is. Now, if this is the case, why is it that we have such a high value of independence? If this is the case, why is it that I would want to continually pursue that which is in opposition to God's intended reality? If this is the case, is my pursuit of independence actually standing in the way of experiencing the fullness of life that God intended for me to have? Think about Mitchell's story. He wants to prove himself to his dad, which is something we all experience, right? We all want to prove something to somebody, and as we grow up, we want to prove things to our parents because we find, like, we're looking for value and significance, so we try to do these things. We try to prove stuff to the people around us. But think about what he said, and think about what he would have lost by maintaining his dependence and refusing to let his father help him. Think about what he would have lost by maintaining his independence compared to what he gained by being dependent on his father. This move from independence to dependence on the most basic service level, he got a deck. Cool. That's awesome. Who doesn't love a deck, right? From moving from independence to dependence, he got to spend time with his father where they got to build something together. And so now every time he goes out onto his porch, he has this tangible expression of how much his father loves him. By moving from independence to dependence, he got to experience the joy of that connection and building that relationship with the one who gave him life. By moving from independence to dependence, not only does he get to experience the joy that comes from this experience, but also his dependence on his father allows for his father to experience the joy that a father gets from being able to provide for his son. Right, if you have kids, maybe you know this feeling. And if I'm honest, there's some days where after like the millionth time my kids ask me for something, and I'm like, just get it yourself, right? Brush your own teeth, wipe your own nose. <laughs> get your own water, iron your own clothes. I don't know why they can't figure out the iron. He's five, figure it out. <laughs> but there's sometimes when they come to me and they need something or they want something and, 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 and I have the opportunity to teach or to give or to provide or to do or to help. And in those moments, my being able to provide for them as their parent, their dependence on me actually becomes a source of joy for me. Right, so when Mitchell moved from independence to dependence, he got to experience the joy of spending time with his father, of working together with his father, the joy of being a co-creator of the deck. He got to uh, experience this tangible expression of the love of his dad. And not only this, but his move from independence to dependence created the space in which the father gets to experience the joy of providing for his son. So his dependence on his dad becomes a great source of joy for him, for Mitchell. But his dependence on his dad becomes a great source of joy for his dad. Because this move from independence to dependence, he's actually aligning himself with that which sits at the very heart of creation as well as the creator, which is ultimately relationship. When you look at the scriptures, when you begin to look through the scriptures this way, through this perspective, you'll see that like this way of thinking, this calling, this invitation to move from independence to dependence is all over the place. If you think about the last series we did, The Land, 
the whole, it was like week after week, the same message. God, it was like, trust God to provide, trust God to provide, trust God to provide, depend on God, depend on God. You remember the one phrase that, that really stands out in my mind was the one where God is warning them. They're moving from the land of Egypt to the land of promise, and God says, hey, the land where you're going, the, the land of promise, isn't like the land where you've been, the land of Egypt. The land of Egypt where you can drag your heel, remember that, where you can drag your heel and water your own lands. The land where you're going is like hills and valleys, and you're gonna have to depend on the rain from the heavens, right? And the whole thing is like, Stop depending on yourself. Stop trusting and relying on yourself and trust God to provide these things for you, right? This, this is the whole message. God is looking for the Hebrew people to trust and depend on him. Or think about like all the times when like Paul talks about the church in the New Testament and the whole concept of like the body, many parts, one, one body. Here's a verse, 1 Corinthians 12. <clears throat> Just as a body Though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. All the parts form one body. This is a picture of connection, relationship, dependence. All the various parts of the body depend upon each other to function as a whole. Paul's trying to teach them to depend on each other as a church, but also as a church to depend on Christ. And then you get into the Gospels. And there's all this stuff that Jesus talks about, about denying the self, laying down the ego, laying down the idea that you can do everything on your own, or the continual invitation of Jesus to follow me, leave your nets, leave your family, come and follow me. Look at Mark chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two older brothers, other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus says, follow me, and then at once, or immediately, they left. The whole thing is about being dependent upon Jesus for everything. And it's really, it's, it's really difficult to be independent and to maintain the mentality of like, look what I've done when you leave everything in order to follow Jesus. In order to follow, you have to move into this trusting and depending on him. There's this other thing that Jesus says in John 15 that speaks to the idea of connection and relationship and dependence. You may have heard this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is identifying himself as the source. He is the source of life. He is the source of fruit. He is the source of all things. He is the vine. We are the branches. A branch cannot exist on its own. Right? I've, I've got a couple of grapevines at my house, actually, and, and I'm growing them up this, like, fence trellis thing, and as they grow, I've been, like, over the past year or so, like, I weave them in and out of the fence to help support it so they can grow, and it's cool, and I'm excited, and, like, in 10 years, I'll have grapes, so that's, that's fun. <clears throat> but I've, I've never gone out there to check on the grapes, and I've never seen, like, just a branch appear. Right, like there's never been a branch that just shows up on its own. And I've never seen, all the times I've been out there, I've never seen like a branch trying to disconnect itself from the vine. Like that's like a weird, that's a, that's a weird thing. Like, oh, you know what, says the branch? I think that vine 
is really holding me back. I think I would be better on my own. Like, what a ridiculous picture. One, because as we all know, branches rarely talk. Two, <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, like it doesn't, that's not the way it works. It's, its existence is entirely dependent on the vine. The vine is its source of life. Without the vine, it does nothing. It has no fruit. It does not exist. You see, when, when the branch is connected to the vine, it's connected to the life source, and it's able to grow, and it's able to stretch, and it's able to produce leaves and produce fruit for people to enjoy. The branch must embrace its dependence on the vine in order for the branch to flourish. He is the vine. We are the branches. It's only when we embrace our dependence on him, the one that is the source of life, that we will experience the kind of life we were meant to experience. Right? The story of the Old Testament is God trying to get the Hebrew people to depend on him. The story of the church is Paul saying, hey, we are one body. Depend on each other. Depend on Christ. The invitation of Jesus is to come. Follow me. Depend on me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The whole story of the Bible is this invitation. What we see in the story of Mitchell is the whole story of the Bible. What we see in the story of Mitchell is the story of all of us. That when you move from independence to dependence, this is, this is the, the, the way that things have been designed to work. That when Mitchell moved from independence to dependence, the fruit of his dependence was to experience the love and the joy of his father providing for him. By moving from independence to dependence, he provided the space for his father to experience the joy that a father experiences from providing for his son. It's almost like embracing dependence is the key to experiencing joy. It's almost like embracing that dependence is like the key to experiencing joy, which might be a difficult thought for some of us, because so much of our lives, like we said, so much of our culture speaks to the idea of being independent. That's the thing we should be chasing. That's where freedom is found. That's where joy is found. I do things on my own. I am free to be and do as I will. But maybe we've been looking at this the wrong way. Maybe it's our independence that's actually keeping us from experiencing the kind of life we were meant to have. Maybe it's our independence that's actually keeping us from experiencing the deeper joys of life. If God is relationship, and relationship has given birth to all things, and I am created in the image of relationship, then the pursuit of independence may, in fact, be working against me. So where are you at with all this today? What, is this, what does this do in your head and in your heart? Because for me, I struggle with this, because I love to be independent. Because, I, I, like, it's way easier to do things on my own. I don't have to rely and trust anybody. I don't have to worry about things. I, my opinion is always right when I do things on my own. I don't have to wait for other people. I can just do it myself. It's way easier that way. I don't have to train or teach anybody. I can just do it myself. That's, that's so much easier. Or even when it comes to, like, my spiritual life, it's way easier to jump in and try to fix the thing rather than waiting for God to be a part of it? Why should I have to trust and wait and pray when I could just attempt 
to make things better on my own, even though it probably won't work, but at least I'll feel better because I feel like I'm doing something. Why is it even when it comes to like that spirit stuff, that relationship stuff, that it's so hard sometimes? It's so much easier to be independent. It's so much easier to do things on my own, but maybe that's why things aren't filling me with the joy that I'm still looking, that I'm still missing. Maybe. Think about what you're doing by doing things on your own. What I'm doing in this independence, whether it's in my life, spirituality, whatever, in this independence, I'm operating in a way that's contrary to the created order and the one who created it. The second thing is that I'm robbing myself of the joy and the love that is found and experienced through being dependent. Think about that story of Mitchell, what he would have lost if he had not taken that time and worked that stuff with his dad. And the third thing I miss is that I'm robbing God of the joy that the Father would experience through being able to provide for me. Right? It's, it's so much more than just the deck. The story of the deck speaks to this larger foundational reality that is relationship and connection and dependence, which sits at the heart of all that is. And understanding this and stepping into this, embracing your dependence on God and embracing the dependence on each other may, in fact, be the very thing and the very place that life and joy will be found. We're going to take part in a meal right now, a sacred meal that we call communion. And even this meal speaks to everything that we've been talking about today. This meal speaks to embracing dependence to find life. From the physical perspective, you have the bread and the juice, which represents like the grapes and the wheat of the field. These things that our body physically needs to sustain itself. So in this meal, we have this physical representation of the things that we need to sustain our lives. The fields that are dependent upon the rains and the nutrients to produce the fruit, right? We're contingent beings. We're dependent upon all these things. So we are physically dependent upon these foods for the nourishment to provide life for our bodies. From the spiritual perspective, this meal also speaks to embracing <coughs> dependence to find life that this bread and this juice represents the body and the blood of Jesus that we depend on through the death, burial, and resurrection that through him we may find life. So from both the physical and the spiritual perspective, from this holistic view, this meal is a reminder of the gift of life and that we are contingent beings, that we are dependent on things beyond ourselves in order to experience the fullness of life. It's okay to need others. You need others. It's okay to need things beyond yourself. You were designed to need things beyond yourself. I know it's tough and I know it's scary and I know it's difficult to let the guard down to let others in because then you open yourself up to be hurt. It's risky. It's super risky to depend on others. But that's where the life is. 
in the connection, in the dependence, in the relationship. And it's so important that God sent his son to protect it, to offer life through him. So we're going to take this, we're going to pass the meal, the bread and the juice. We ask that you take this time. Maybe today your prayer needs to be like, God, show me the areas where I'm only trusting myself. Maybe your prayer needs to be, God, show me where I am stepping in the way of what you're trying to do. Maybe your prayer needs to be, God, just help me to be more dependent. We take this time to remember, to give thanks, to honor God, to honor the gift of life, to honor the gift of life that is everlasting through the love and the grace of God, through his forgiveness, through sending his son. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for today.